0: The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. I have the privilege of setting up a new series, and you're like, I thought that was next week. Yeah, well, this is the series in between the series of next week. And so this is just the way it goes at the beginning of the church year. So this is a new series, Instructions for the Church, all right? And so here's what's going to happen I'm going to be preaching from the book of Acts. All year, all right. But when I'm not preaching, or sometimes when I want to preach uh, something different, right? Praise God. I will be using this series, and our we have guest speakers. We have Rick Donald coming from Harvest Bible Fellowship. We have D- Dave Wissen coming from Harvest Spring Lake later, and doing a marriage conference in March. You'll hear more about that. We have a ton of things planned for you this year. I'm so excited, church, about what God's going to do in our church. But I'm excited about getting instructions from God's Word this year, and just going after that. So I'm going to launch it today with a certain instruction, and then we're going to go forward. And every time one of our guys preaches or a guest speaker preaches, they're going to go off of this and they're going to give you an instruction. Why? Why? Everybody ask why. Why? Okay. Because when I went away uh, for uh, the planning, right, this year, uh, I went away knowing that this is the third year of our series. Anybody ever seen one of these t-shirts? Yeah, yeah, a few times, all right, in the last three years. All right, we're in the third year of our three-year series, right, called Built Strong. And so, I mean, it's tying it all together. Built Strong, built on, this is from Ephesians 2.20, you can go look at it, built on the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, all right? So first we studied the prophets. We studied the whole Old Testament. We were built strong from that, right? Whole year on that. Then this last year, we studied Christ, the cornerstone, right? Christ, the cornerstone. He is the center. We build everything off of him. We spent a whole year just focusing on Jesus Christ. Good year, wasn't it? Yeah. And now we're going to be focused on the apostles. So when I'm going to focus on the apostles, I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking acts of the apostles and I'm thinking the epistles, These are the two things you need to know when we talk about the apostles. So here's what I did. I studied it. Imagine that you gave me a week to study and I studied, right? And I came away with two things. One, God said, I gave you the plan. Stick with it, right? Acts was what I told you to preach. Preach Acts. Okay, so good. Thanks for reiterating that, God. But I also came away with this. You need to know Acts, And when you know the acts of the apostles and the history of the church, then that unlocks the epistles and the instruction of the church. So we're going to get both as we go through. Sound good, church? That's what we're going for. That's what we're going for this year, and it's going to change our life. All right, instruction number one. Are you ready for it? Why wouldn't we start with the ordinance of the church, right? Two ordinances in the church, baptism and communion. I'm going to preach on baptism today. Imagine that. Here's water. And we're going to preach on baptism. That makes sense. All right. So if I was going to preach on baptism, which I am today, instructions from the church, where would I go to preach on baptism? Where would you start? Go ahead. I forgot to study this part. Go ahead. Where would you start? Somebody over here. Jesus baptism. I heard it right here. Thanks for whispering. <laughs> Have good ears. Yeah, I need somebody over here. What do, you, what do you say? Where would you start? You just want to... Yeah. Baptism. I'm going to start somewhere in the Bible. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. That's pretty good. I, I could preach that. All right. Where else? Come on now. This is okay. I got to fill it. We're beginning our year. Uh, I got to fill you in. Like, this is not your average typical church where you fold your hands and like say nothing. We actually want you to respond, be engaged in the message and kind of like think with me. All right. So, Where would you go? Matthew 28. Matthew 28, right? The command be baptized. Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, I don't have to get to that verse loiter. That's great. Okay. Where else? John the Baptist. Yeah, okay. All right, now. There's this guy in the Bible, his name is John the Baptist. So if I was going to start on baptism, I'm thinking I'm just like, the guy's name is John the Baptist. This is what he did. This is what, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm just going to start there. Right? Does that make sense? So flip over in your Bible to Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter three. You nailed it, Andy. That's where we're going to go. But I'm going to, every one of the examples you used, I'm going to use today because I'm going to give you several examples from the Bible, right? Right. And I want to show you this verse real quick. I want to show you, the, there's two verses I want to show you, right? I hope they're up there. Are they up there? All right. Let me just share them from my notes. Okay. Romans 15 is four. Here's what it says for, whoever or whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction. That's why we have instruction series that through endurance, sometimes that's what it takes. And through the encouragement, I need it of the scriptures, we might have hope. Do you need some hope this year? Good. We're going to get some instructions that are going to build your faith, your endurance and your encouragement and hope. I'm excited about that. And then this verse, maybe the title verse for this series and for this message for sure. First Corinthians 10, 11. Now these things happen to them as an example. All right. I'm going to give you several examples because the Bible gives us examples. All right. But they were written down for our instruction. Right. So these things that we're going to study in God's word, I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. I don't have any buckets. I don't have any like, ladders or swords or I don't have any like crafty things that I'm going to try to gain your attention with. The Bible says in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I'm going to open up your mind to faith in Jesus Christ by using the word of God, right? That seems like that's God's plan. It might feel like foolishness to you if you came in from the world and you're like, that's stupid. I don't even believe this book, but It's the aroma of death to those that are perishing. It's the aroma of life to those that are being saved. And so that's what I'm going to go after today. All right? We good? good. Example number one, where am I starting, Andy? Matthew Matthew 3, John the Baptist, right? That's his name. Let's just go after that, all right? Matthew 3, John the Baptist, uh, verse one. Look at it quickly. Example one, John the Baptist. Verse one, in those days... John the Baptist came preaching. I want you to make note that he was preaching. Preaching precedes baptism. Hmm, that's interesting. In the wilderness of Judea. And here was his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm not sure I said it as loud and as fervent as he would. Right? And then skip down to verse 4. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Good information. He was kind of like a weird guy. All right. And, and then Jerusalem. So I relate. Okay. And then Jerusalem, all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. So he was gaining a following because of what he was saying, wearing, eating, I don't know, but maybe because God was just bringing him people. Right? I got got my word going out. I want to bring some people over here. I think that's happening here too. And they, verse six, do you see it? And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. What does it say? Confessing their sins. Repent was his message. Confessing their sins. Repentance and baptism go hand in hand. Okay. I want you to see that. Okay. Look at verse 11. This is a finer point. I baptize you with water for repentance. I just wrote by that physical, right? It's physical. Now it's more than that, but that's how it starts. But he who is coming after me, who is that? Okay, good. It's Jesus Christ after me is mightier than I whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. Okay. I lied. I brought my shoe. All right. I can't even carry the shoes of Jesus. All right. I'm not even worthy to like hang on to his, this flip flops. All right. I, I can't do it. I don't, I don't have it in me. I'm not even strong enough to carry his sandals. That's, that's, he must be a pretty powerful guy. Admit we good. All right. He will, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy spirit and with fire. And you look at that verse, and I was studying this with my kids, I practice on them sometimes, and I was like, now we're talking about spiritual baptism. Now we're talking about what happens at salvation. When you accepted, Christ, Ricardo, when you accepted Christ the other week, two weeks ago, and, and you were like in tears, and you're like, I'm giving my life to God. The Holy Spirit came into you, right? And you were filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that is power. Now, sometimes you're going to live life, you're going to quench the Holy Spirit, or grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray not, but you, we all have, right? Amen? All right, don't leave him hanging. Okay, great. That's going to happen. All right, but, but you know what? Sometimes you're going to be filled again. One baptism, many fillings. You're going to be filled again at church today, and you're going to be like, ah! let's go take the world for Jesus, right? That's going to happen to you, right? Inside. It's a spiritual thing. So you go, what's about the fire? Anybody want to know about the fire? I mean, I want to know about the fire. I'm digging the Holy Spirit part because I got that down, but I want to know about the fire. What's that part? Well, the fire is two-pronged, right? There's a refiner's fire, the judgment seat of Christ, where all that I've done that wasn't for Christ in eternity will get burned. And only what's done for Christ will last and enter into eternity. Crowns for him, right? That's the refiner's fire. That's how I'll be baptized in fire because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I have a Holy Spirit baptism. But there's also another fire, hell fire, right? Right? which is not the fire you want to be baptized with. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. And so just to explain that, he gets into verse 12. Just look at it. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor. So everybody's going to give an account and gather his wheat. That's the Christians into the barn. I'm going to heaven. That's the heavens, the barn. Okay. But the chaff that's unbelievers, those that denied Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, didn't have faith in him, wanted to do their own thing and please themselves, he will burn with an unquenchable fire. That fire never stops. My fire burns away everything that I ever did uh, nasty. Thank you, Lord. I didn't want to remember all that. All right. And I can't bring that into heaven. Awesome. All right. But then there's a fire that doesn't stop. It's unquenchable you don't want to be baptized in that fire. Okay. I'm just like, don't be baptized in that fire. Is that a warning enough? Don't do that. That's not the baptism you want. Okay. Then the second example, I'll just start here from verse 13 with this. The second example I'm going to give you is Jesus, the son of God. All right. Jesus, the son of God. Just look at it right here. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John, John the Baptist to be baptized by him. Now that's interesting. Wonder what's going to happen with the confession part, right? <laughs> John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. I have sins. I need to confess. Let me confess them to you. You baptize me. You don't have any sins. You're good. You're perfect. I can't baptize you because repentance and confession go with baptism. And you can't do that part. John's like on it. And <laughs> And he says, and do you come to me? I mean, I'm confused, bro. Right? God, I mean, uh, but Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I need to be a model for those who will be saved later, who will be picturing this later, who will inside and then outside do this later. I need to show them that this is important. Even though I don't have sin, I need to do this to fulfill all righteousness, right? Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Now, don't expect that to happen today just being honest, right? That was to make it very clear that Jesus was the Messiah. And you'll see that in the next passage. Go ahead. I'm going to skip Mark. I'm going to flip over to John chapter one, John chapter one. Sorry, we're doing like a lot of Bible searching, but we want the truth of the word of God. John chapter one. If you're new to the Bible, just kind of go this way. Take your right hand and just flip a few pages. Okay. And, And keep going to the right. All right. John chapter one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter one, look at verse 29. Okay. Jesus's baptism happened. And then the next day, that's what the words are. Look at it. You got it. The next day he saw, that's John, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. His message just changed, didn't it? He's like, "Repent! The kingdom of God is coming." Now his message just changed. His message is, "Look! Behold, listen up!" Right? I found the Lamb of God over here!" He's kind of off the repent plan. He's like, "Look at him!" not about me anymore. And he says it here. Okay. He will take away the sins of the world. If you're part of the world, he could take away your sins. I love that. He can take away my sins. Yes, he can. I love that. All right. And this is he of whom I said after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me and I can't even carry his sandals, right? I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. I just want you to be clear about why John the Baptist was born into the world. He was born for one reason and one reason only. His purpose was to baptize Jesus Christ so that Jesus Christ would be revealed to Israel. If he did nothing else with his life, his mission would have been complete by doing that. Can, am I clear? That's the whole reason he was born. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I mean, I saw this thing. It was, it looked like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It wasn't a dove, but it it looked like the best I can describe is it's, it's dove. Like I myself did not know him. He was my cousin, but I didn't know him. Like we weren't buddies, right? He had his thing. I had my thing. But he who sent me, who sent John to baptize? God the Father sent John to baptize. He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, God the Father spoke to John? That's what the Bible says. And here's what he said. He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the Holy spirit. And we know, and with fire from the other passage, right? And I have seen John says, and have borne witness now that this is the son of God. That's why I said, example number two, Jesus, the son of God, he was baptized. He didn't need to be, but he wanted to be, he had to be God ordained that that was how everyone would know he was the Messiah and how we would actually relate to him as well. All right. The next thing, Gary said, uh, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. That's a command that we be baptized, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And I am with you until the end of the age right now. Listen, That's an instruction. And Jesus gave us that instruction, and so people picked that up. The third example is Peter. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. So right after that, Peter in Acts chapter 2, Peter and the disciples, or you could write in apostles if you'd like. I wrote disciples because it carries on through disciples carries on through to me, Peter and the disciples, they are an example of this. So Peter preached his first message after the Holy spirit come upon him. I'm going to preach this next week. So just, just you guys just come back next week and the following week, we're going to get into this, but uh, here it is. Look at verse 37, chapter two, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, the message, right? They were cut to the heart. Can you picture that? being cut to the heart. Have you ever sat in a service, one of our services and just been like, "Uh, pull the knife out. (laughs) What do I do now? Uh, Get your small group leader to pull that out. And, uh, and uh, let's get some salve on that thing and let's get some healing on that. And let's, now that you understand where you're at sin wise, let's, let's start to be redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Okay. So, so they're cut to the heart and, and they said, what should we do? You might just say that. What should we do? What should we do? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. So here he says, and, and Peter said to them, repent, remember, repentance and baptism go together. Repent of your sins and be baptized every one of you. Who does that eliminate in here? Uh, I'm trying to find somebody. Um, oh, you're everyone. Okay. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise. That's the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for your children. Thank you, Lord. Don't you want it for your kids, Jeremy? It's for your kids and it's for everyone. All who are far off. Everyone. Do you know some people that are far off from God today? Maybe you're far off from God and you're in our service today. Just think about that. It's for you. It's for you. He says it's for everyone, even those that are far off, whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So if God calls you to himself today, if the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and says, come on, let's do this. Don't quench that spirit today. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them. That's encouraged them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Can I say that today? Do we, do we live in a crooked generation? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. All right. Save yourself from this world. It's going down, right? But there's another world, heaven, and it's looking up for me today. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word, there's a part you have to do here. You got to kind of have to receive this word. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3000 souls. So Peter and the disciples flip over to chapter eight, just a couple more to the right chapter eight. See, persecution came to the church in chapter six. We'll study this in a few weeks. Stephen got stoned. Stephen was one of the deacons. Well, guess what? Who's the second deacon mentioned? His name is Philip. And Philip in chapter eight, after Stephen gets stoned, goes, I'm next one up. Here we go. Right? But he decides not to go to Jerusalem and get killed. He says, I'm going to Samaria. I'm going to go do this. All right? So he goes and he spreads the gospel. So you have example four, Philip, one of the deacons. Okay, the second one, honestly. And look at verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed, who's they? The people that he was preaching to believed Philip as he preached the good news. What's the good news? Jesus died for your sins, and he loves you very much, and he wants to see you now, and he wants to live with you forever in heaven. Uh, Preach the good news about the kingdom of God, heaven, and the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. They were what? Good. I got a few people following along. I'd like some more baptized with men and women. Okay. Both men and women were baptized. So this isn't just a man thing. This is just a woman thing. This is everybody. All right. And then look across the page to verse 35 of chapter eight, verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth. Imagine that you got to be bold, unafraid witness. And beginning with this scripture, the scripture in Isaiah, that's right above. He told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Now, if you read this, you go, what am I missing? Where did he talk about water? I don't get it. Water is part of the gospel. It's part of the good news. It's first, you're baptized, it's inside, and second, you go outside and you do this so everybody knows what happened inside. This is why the New Testament doesn't know a believer in Jesus Christ who has not been immersed in the waters of baptism. Because even the Ethiopian eunuch, who were like, I'm so confused, how did he know to ask about the water? It's in the gospel, it's part of the good news. It's not a separate thing We're we're at we this is part of the good news. That's how he knows to say, Hey, 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 there's a lake. Wait, wait, wait. What are we doing, bud? <laughs> can I get in? Cause I'm feeling it here. So can I like do it there? And he's like, it, it, I don't want to confuse you, but verse 37 is missing. It, you know, it'd be a good research project for you. Verse 37 is missing. It's at the bottom. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, right? Another time to uh, handle that debacle and why, you know, it's only in some manuscripts and why, you know, whatever, but just so you see it there. If you believe Jesus is the son of God. So that's verse 37 down at the bottom. Then he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water and Philip and the eunuch and he baptized him. Powerful, huh? All right. This next example, Paul on the road to Damascus—that's just the next chapter. It's right across the page here, uh, Chapter Nine. Paul on the road to Damascus. If you're like anything like me and a student of the Word, you're like, uh, 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 like you're like, uh, uh, like slow down. Like that's like already so many examples. Do I even need more? Well, I'm just trying to prove to you all the instructions you need, right, to give your life to Christ, repent and be baptized, and in both spiritually speaking and physically speaking today. All right. So here it is. Uh, Saul is the guy that actually uh, killed, <laughs> was one of the guys that killed Stephen. Right. And here he is in chapter nine, three chapters later. And, and you're just like, what's going to happen? Okay. Well, he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. It blinded him. That's how bright Jesus is. And, uh, and then look at verse 17. So Anani- Ananias departed and entered the house It took some convincing because he was scared of Saul. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road to Damascus, in case you weren't sure who he was, okay, sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He was healed, he could see. And he regained his sight. Then he rose. I have that circled in my Bible. It was a choice he made. He made a decision to get up. You're like, big deal. Can you imagine the trauma Paul went through, Saul went through for the last three days? He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm scared to go outside. I'm scared to see the sunlight. I'm scared of everything right now. I've been in darkness for three days. But he made a choice because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of his name and the healing, right? They took place. He's like, dude, I'm getting up and I'm gonna do this thing. I'm standing up for Christ and he was baptized. And then he started to share the gospel You're like, it's Saul. It's Saul. Why'd you put Paul? Because he's a new creation. Later in Acts, you'll see his name changes to Paul because that's his new creation name. So that's why I put Paul, not Saul. Okay. The sixth illustration, the example of the church. And I'm not going to go to all these passages. I think you can uh, turn to those on your own. Uh, I gave you this outline so you could go study it. On your own, you could go take it and you can go instruct other people. Wouldn't it be great to disciple somebody else in this? There's a lot of people that are pretty messed up with baptism. Because the church has done a lot of weird things with baptism. But just this, this, the example of the church. The example of Philippi. The example of Corinth. The example of Ephesians. Ephesus, the example of Galatia, the exact all the Galatian churches, the example of Colossae. I'm in Colossians chapter 2. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it for you because it's so powerful. Let me read it to you. Because this is really important, because baptism is pretty messed up in the church. We don't follow the word of God. We follow some pope. We follow some priest, we follow some pastor, we follow some tradition. And I am here to say, I will only follow the word of God almighty when it comes to baptism. Does that make sense? And I'm trying to instruct you as a healthy follower of Jesus Christ to do the same, to think for yourself. So I'm in Colossians two verse eight, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition. I think that's a good thing when it talks about baptism. According to the elemental spirits of the world, well, this is what the world thinks. This is what the church thinks. This is what the, you know. We we feel like this would be best because people just are worried about their kids, and so we need to baptize them young. Or that's that's just not right. And not according to Christ, for in in fullness, and you have been filled in Him who is the head. Of all rule and authority. You know what? Satan has to bow. Demons have to bow. Angels are bowing. In him, Christ, also, you were circumcised. You're like, whoa, what, what? With a circumcision made without hands. You're like, oh, good. <laughs> all the guys got nervous just for a second. All right. And they're like, ooh, okay. All right. Without made with hands. Okay. All right. Okay. Because it includes both men and women with a circumcision not made that that's made by the power of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power of the word of God who raised him from the dead. All right. There's so much I could say, but that's the example of the church. And I want you to flip over, uh, uh, Back to Romans uh, chapter six now, okay? Flip over to Romans six. Here's the last example. This is a picture of new life. This is a picture of new life. So what I just showed you was this, okay? Here's what happens in your heart. I will just use Ricardo, okay? Ricardo, what happened in your heart two weeks ago was Jesus cut off, literally, okay? Like circumcision, but not physical, okay? Praise the Lord. All right, cut off. The sin in your life. He filleted the sin off of you. The old man, the flesh, he took it, he cut it off. Spiritually speaking, he cut it off and he put it and he nailed it on the cross. That's what he did. And your flesh, your sin is on the cross. And then his blood covered that and you are a new creation in him. So when you get in the tank today and we put you under the water, dead, dead, with Christ. Why? Because my sins are on the cross and alive, raised together with him to new life. That's why people come out of the tank and they're like, woohoo! Because they're a new creation. That's what they are. They're new. They're different. Now we know what already happened two weeks ago, but he hasn't told you. Okay, I did. (laughs) But it was a good illustration and I didn't plan to, but it was just, He's going to get in there. He's going to tell you about it. Okay. Romans chapter six, verse three. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized like Ricardo two weeks ago, spiritual baptism into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. That's what's happening today. It's a picture of what happened inside you. We were buried therefore with him in baptism into death. My sin died, my soul, uh, not my soul, but my, my, myself died in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, only God's glory could raise someone from the dead. We too might walk in newness of life. You can leave here completely different than the way you walked in today. And if that's not good news, I don't have it for you. You can come in here, sin riddled, world tainted, just like me, but you can leave here refreshed, strengthened, sin nailed to the cross, follower of God, new creation in him. And that is a miracle. That is crazy stuff. But if you have faith to believe that, see, faith is what activates this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ did this? Do you believe? Because repentance and confession for sin, right? Belief by faith in Jesus Christ is what initiates this thing. And it's what starts the process in me that ends when I get in the tank and I show the world, this is what happened to me today. This is what happened to me two weeks ago. This is what happened to me when I was 17. I was 30 when I got baptized because I had a wrong philosophy of baptism and I was baptized in sixth grade. Confirm whatever. I don't, you know, it's like, be saved by faith, by faith, be baptized by faith. You know, I know some of you are really scared. You know what the number one fear is of man? Public speaking. You're like, I got to get in there and say what God did in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. But all of these people love you and are going to cheer for you and are going to be like, yes, go God. So if you ever want to try your public speaking, this would be a good time. (laughs) All right. Because no matter how good or bad you do, I don't know what that means. Good or bad. I mean, like you're going to do great. If Jesus saved you, you're just going to tell people and it's going to be awesome. Okay. No matter how good or bad you do, I guess people are going to, Cheer you on! <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Whoa!" It's gonna be awesome. I just have this last verse, Corinthians chapter, second um, Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen. It just says, "From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh." I want you to know that if you've been saved and you've been baptized, I don't look at you as flesh anymore. I know you have sin. I know that sin creeps back into your life, but I'm just like you're forgiven. When you confess that sin to me in small group, I'm like, yeah, but God covered it. Don't do it again. Let's go forward. What's the plan? But, but you're good. Like, I mean, Jesus paid for that, right? I don't regard you according to the flesh anymore. Right? So, so I'm not, I'm not like, what's wrong with you? Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. I mean, Paul's writing this and he used to, you know, kill people that followed Jesus. So he regarded Jesus as the flesh. He's like, he's not God. He's just a man. We regard him thus no longer. Uh, uh, Paul's like, you know, this Damascus thing, that really changed my heart about Jesus. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm 180 that thing. I don't regard him as a man anymore. I regard him as God and very God. And because of that, he writes this next verse. Therefore, if anyone in this room is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's what we're doing today, Right? And then he goes on to say, we have the ministry of reconciliation and I implore you, I appeal to you, I'm asking you as your pastor or as your friend or as whatever you'll call me, I'm asking you as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, be reconciled to God today because he goes on and he says, Working together with him, Jesus Christ, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. It's God's grace that you're here. It's God's grace that you're hearing this message. It's God's grace that he's opening your heart and your eyes to this. Don't walk away. (laughs) Don't receive the grace of God in vain. He says, in the favorable time, I listen to you. He's listening to you right now. Why don't you talk to him? And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. You know what? People are scared to be baptized sometimes in this verse. I'll take them to, and I'll say, you know what? If God saved you and gave you the courage to see, right? Clearly his son, Jesus Christ crucified for you, then he will give you the courage to speak clearly for his name. And you know what I find? The Holy spirit kind of takes over in there. You just say something you didn't plan to say. Hey, grace. Yeah. Behold, behold, Now is the favorable time because we have water here today (laughs) and behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, it's time. That's all I got to say. It's time. And I want to close our service with this. I talked about the church being an example. I talked about a picture of life change, newness of life. And so I thought the best way to get you to see that before we even do our own baptisms was to show you a baptism video. All right. So I'm going to show you a baptism video, and here's how I want you to respond. If you would like to be saved, confessing your sins, believing that Jesus Christ died for them, and nailing it to the cross, right? If you'd like to be saved during this video, anytime, just stand up, walk to the back, to the hallway, take a right. People are back there in the hallway. They'd love to tell you about Jesus Christ. They'd like to pray with you, okay? If you're like, I've already done that, I'm spiritually baptized. I got the Holy Spirit. Then don't quench him today because I know, I know that he's telling you to obey. I know he's always telling you to obey. That I know about the Holy Spirit. So if you already have it, then listen close to the Holy Spirit. He's telling you to get out of your chair, to stand up, to walk back there, to get the clothes. We have clothes for you because we knew you wanted to obey God today right? And I would just say this, even if you're not comfortable wearing those clothes and you don't want to do it today, stand up, make the commitment to obey Christ today and go, you know, be counseled that way. And we'll just put you on the docket for the next baptism. Okay. We're not pushing you into it today. Today's the good time, but so is the next time, as long as you've made the commitment in your heart. So stand and be baptized. Stand stand for salvation. Stand for Jesus Christ, okay? That's what I'm asking you to do today. You watch this video, and you make your own decision in his strength.